When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. We run, We really want to see Mac Jones picked here, right? As, as Ravens fans, that's that's the guy that I think he's the guy that's primed to slide if he if he gets out of this kind of quarterback range. See, and I think Fields is more likely to slide. I think somebody will want Jones, but Fields is uh, upside and downside. I think the way other teams may see it is greater than Jones. But, I uh, but yeah, this is a personal <laughs> on my part. I just don't see it with Mac Jones. I don't get the love. I didn't get the I didn't get the buzz at number three for the Niners. So maybe that's why I feel like I want to see this one be Mac Jones. I think he was really good at it in practice. I think that that's really at the Senior Bowl when you know uh, the offense. Yeah, you know, everybody's learning new things. Everybody, it's new to everybody. He was the one steady presence. 
because I I'm with you. I I didn't see it, but uh, you know when it came to everybody learning the system and having to work together, Mac Jones was the most effective. So I think that said something to uh, about him about learning a system and being able to produce quickly. So yeah, but yeah, either one will be great, wouldn't it? Denver's made their pick. They're going to the board, so this isn't an Aaron Rodgers situation. They didn't trade number nine anyway for Aaron Rodgers, which I guess we're not really expecting to happen tonight. If a team would do it, maybe the Patriots at number 15, are they a possibility? Ken, come on. Ken. (laughs) Patrick Sertan is the guy. Okay, there we go. Wow. That's That's not really what we want. I'm still not concerned that those two quarterbacks won't go before 27. But it's starting to make me a little more nervous about uh, about how this board's going to play out here in this first round. I guess if you'd like a trade back scenario for Baltimore, if both Fields and Jones completely slide and are available when they pick at 27 and or 31, mm-hmm. that's optimal. Yeah, that's but where my comfort level comes from. If they're not taken, then there's a good chance or there's a, a chance that somebody's really going to want them at 27. And then you can, you can throw out the uh, – the, the the charts because you know we might get an extra extra pick or so if yeah. they want their quarterback it's yep. still I, I as once you get into what trade value is needed and dan i'll address this question to you but once you get into what trade value is needed between 24 25 26 27 it's a, it's a fairly flat graded amount it's not a big steep early of the chart thing so since there's not a big incentive to trade you can't hijack the other team the way you can for number number two or number three or number four in the whole draft Right, especially since no one around us wants a quarterback, so they don't need to sneak in front of the twenty-eight. Right, yeah. they've got the Saints who maybe want a quarterback. I don't, I don't know what their quarterback deal is. I, I don't think they do either. Um, the Packers, who I don't, I guess you could see them taking a quarterback. I don't think so either. And then the Bills, obviously not. So those are the three teams between twenty-seven and thirty-one. So they don't need our pick versus those other teams picks in order to sneak in front of someone so mm-hmm. um and then 32 is the bucks so right. it, it's we don't have a ton of you know you gotta trade into our spot in order to sneak in front of what, someone who's definitely going to take fields so mm-hmm. unfortunately we don't have that kind of uh um negotiating power the pick at 31 gives you the leverage on if both are still there at 31, it gives you the leverage on the fifth year option. Yep. Somebody, it felt like the Ravens really wanted to make sure that they got Lamar when they took him in the first round. Um, and, and so maybe you get that a little bit if they're both there at 31, but I agree with you. Otherwise not a lot there. Yep. Well, Hey, it might, it might just be a fifth round pick next year or something like that. I mean, it's not saying that, uh, you know, we're going to get a, a ton extra, but, uh, for a quarterback, I think, uh, it wouldn't hurt to ask for an extra little something in there beyond the chart. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. You know, just, uh, you know, they know they're desperate. All the other teams probably do too. So they're not going to shy away from asking for more too. So, but we'll see. I think there's still a bunch of teams that want quarterbacks. I think the Patriots could, could be looking uh, Raiders maybe. Um, so there's still some late teens teams that, uh, that, that could be going. So we still have two really good tackles on the board right here, Darisol and Slater. Right. Slater, any concern on your part he ends up at guard? I mean, for my team, I'd want him at guard, but I, I think with the dearth of offensive tackles out there, he's going he's gonna to be picked yeah. to play tackle somewhere. 
you just have to kind of lower your standards in this year that, that uh, you know, the Mendoza line got a little lower. Still a very good player. And, and guard tackle flexibility isn't, isn't a terrible thing either. I mean, obviously you want the pure tackle, but. Uh, I, I want, you know, I, here's what I want. I'm sorry to interrupt you on this. I want left tackle, right tackle versatility. I don't want guard tackle <laughs> versatility. That's like having starter reliever versatility, which means you can go four innings as a starter or two and a two and a third as a reliever. I don't, I don't want that kind of versatility. I want, I want the guy who can be the left tackle or the right tackle, but uh, it's a size and shape position. Once you start compromising on that, you end up with guys who really don't fit at tackle. So you don't think Slater could be a like a like a Marshall Yonda unicorn type? No, I think great, he, great. if if there's anybody in this draft who has the potential to be a unicorn, it's him and Sewell, and they both are short arm guys. They both could beat the beat the trend. I don't think it's Eichenberg, but I think it's I think it's those two guys, and uh, and so I think with a, a year of lowered standards, you try that. But I think what you got to be and you got to say Slater's maybe a 55% chance to stick a tackle and it goes 45%. He ends up at guard and something, somebody like Cosme, maybe the, maybe the number's more like 40 and 60 and Eichenberg, maybe it's more like 15 and 85. So I think that's, that's how I look at probabilistically what's the chance of that guy ending up where I really need him at tackle as opposed to where he'd play best, which is, which is at guard, maybe in, in each of those three cases. I think what, what these, these the... tackles have that are, that's really working for them, though, is their athleticism. You know, they yeah. might not have the longest arms, but I think they make it up for it in a little bit with their ability to move their feet, um, their kind of quickness, their quick hands, um, very good, you know, bending at the knees. Are, I mean, they can use their leverage well, I think. So they may not have that elite kind of arm length, but they have some they make up for it in other in other ways. At least at least that's that's what I see on the film. Can, so we just got a trade in this draft, and I can't believe that the Cowboys would trade with the Eagles. I mean, how, like, can you imagine the Ravens like trading up to the Steelers' spot in the first round? Like, like, and I don't even mean that like Ravens fans would be upset about by that. I just like, I just like, I like the thought wouldn't even cross my mind. It would be like, well, the Ravens are not trading up to this spot, even if the perfect player had fallen to the perfect value, and it was like, yeah. we'll trade all our picks for that guy because it's worth it. The Ravens yeah, still wouldn't do it. You're you're going all in on the first round of the World Series of Poker. That's what it sounds like to me. Because the chips are you're playing with are much higher denomination when you when you're betting against a divisional rival like that. It's, you're right. That's that's very strange for two for two spots. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess you don't know, know the value, but it just confuses me. Another way to look at these, these the are value. two very I'm bad showing teams. it right now. If you want to switch, oh, are they okay? Yep. I didn't I didn't see the trade yet. I just looked it up. It's uh, the tenth for the twelfth and the eighty fourth pick. Uh, so the the Cowboys traded uh, traded the 10th pick. Eagles traded the 12th and 84th pick. Uh, res- results that uh, you know Cowboys paid 95 cents on the dollar, gained gained a pretty decent amount of value. Um, so um, you know the 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 Eagles overpaid, uh, or based right. on pretty much all the charts, actually overpaid, and uh, in order to get up to the spot so right if you overpay on jj you overpay on all right you move up <laughs> yeah. yeah i so, think that's probably safe to say yeah so that's uh that is that is a pretty good value i mean that's a good reason to do it if you're dallas you know there is a risk yeah. and and who's maybe, available that they did it Devontae smith no i mean he was gonna be the, i feel I like mean, it has maybe. to be a quarterback but no oh that was with hurts 
They traded up to take a quarterback? With Hurts? Yeah. Hurts is an <laughs> NFL quarterback. Come on. Joe Flacco. Come on. <laughs> Elite. Exactly. Nice, nice. Yeah. I, no I, way. There's no way they traded up for a quarterback. I, that would stun me. I mean, if you really this will be interesting. They kind of have just use fields instead of Jalen Hurts. You take that 10 out of 10 times. It all costs you the third round pick. I mean, I can't believe they gave up it and they gave up the 84th pick of the draft to move up two spots here. Right. Given given the five guys that are available here at this pick, to give up that mid round pick seems a bit much. Well, we're going to hear who this is in just a second, but how much did the Ravens have to give up to move from 13 to 12 to draft to Lodionato? What? What what round pick do they have to give up? I remember a fourth and a fifth. Anybody else remember anything different? No, that That's sounds about right. A six, a six, Jeez. and they, the guy they they traded to get it. Uh, the pick ended up being Babatunde Oshinowo in the sixth round of the two thousand six draft. Went to the went to the Browns. He played two career games, and they ended up getting <laughs> Cam Wimbley instead of. Hello, Dinata. Oh, man. We uh, we went to a game at Cleveland in 2006, and somebody had already bought a custom Oshinoa jersey that they wore to that game, sat right in front of us. <laughs> and and that, that was the game that um, uh, Stover won with a 52-yard field goal, 15 to 14, at the as as uh, regulation was ending. I guess that 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 shoots my theory that we wouldn't trade with a division rival to move up in the first round. Right? <laughs> oh, I, I forgot it was Cleveland. I mean, how many? Th- I mean, Phil Savage, you know, had left Baltimore and he just wanted to like stick a red hot poker in Ozzy's mouth or something because this was this was a unbelievable mono on mono trade. Here we go with the with the number ten pick. Still in a little shock that that happened because there's yeah. there's more than one player out there. I mean. Can't be quarterback. <laughs> like that would be ridiculous. There's and two spots. No, neither team has taken a quarterback. A, I think it might be Slater. <laughs> Man, this I is do, nice. Do guys. Thank you. Ken has some remarkable, remarkable <laughs> memory of every single transaction that's ever happened with the Ravens. And the end of that game, field goal, fifteen to fourteen. That's pretty impressive. Oh no! I'll tell you the <laughs> other part of that story when we're done with this pick here. Devonta Smith, there you go. So the quarterbacks yeah. expected to go in this in this range, or it's not happening so far. Yeah. So they thought the Giants were going to take Devonta Smith, so they moved up and gave a third up to do so. That could be reasonable. Giants would be, look for a wide receiver, right? I guess so. I mean, that's that's why you would trade in division to screw. I mean, what a little like John, like yeah. that, a little three way divisional mess around here. Right? <laughs> the, the wide receiver class is so deep, though. Like to yeah. make that move for a wide receiver, I, yeah, okay. Hey, I I like Devontae Smith a lot. I'm not as concerned about his size as as some because the way the game is played now and the way he comes back for the ball and his body control, but. uh but there you go, Philadelphia Eagle. All right. He is really slender. Just seeing him right there in that suit. He's, yeah. he's so small. The twig. All right, I tell you the last part of the 15 to 14 story. So we're at the game in Cleveland, and Stover kicked the field goal. You could hear a pin drop in the stadium, except Maureen, my wife, then girlfriend, is screaming at the top of her lungs. I came back. I listened to the broadcast, and she has a very high-pitched scream. I could actually hear it <laughs> on, on the TV, so it's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. So we need to get Ken McCusick and Jim Palmer together. 
<laughs> uh, Jim, Jim's a, another world for me in terms of him remembering every single Oriole at bat. You can go ahead, though. Baseballreference.com, if you want to check Palmer out, 94% of the time he's correct. And then he'll remember something <laughs> about Tony Canigliero getting a walk in 1965 against him, and it won't be exactly correct. It was a sunny day. The wind was about 13 <laughs> miles an hour. It's about how you tell the story. You know, that, that's, yes. that's, a big, that's a big part of it. I, I just with, believe him. The Go difference ahead. with Palmer is everything is about him. <laughs> he only remembers his games and his pitches. Well, Ken, Ken didn't play unless I missed something. Right. No, but, but I was at the game. And, you know, as I, I love Maureen. have to say something about her every time I, I, I get the chance. But the work I do, I could not do without her. She plays an enormous amount of uh, – puts an enormous amount of effort in the offensive line scoring, into defensive score sheet making, scoring defensive players are on the field, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's just absolutely wonderful. So I want to make sure she gets the credit she deserves here. That's awesome. I'm I'm just still in shock over this trade. I, I, like I'm, yeah. I'm I'm really surprised by it. Yeah, good for the Cowboys. And I, for once, right? They make a like it's a pretty cagey move on their part. It feels like that's great value. Yeah. So so far, my my big board has held up pretty well. I got the two tackles there, sitting alone. But uh, the quarterbacks, of course, starting to make us all nervous that they're not taken. And uh, Jalen Phillips is the top defender I have there. I have him above Parsons, but of course the medicals may have Phillips slip all the way down to where the Ravens are picking tonight. That'll be interesting. The Ravens would, in the old days, had a system to black dot when they had the plaques, a player who would have a medical condition. And uh, that would also be used on, on off-field concerns, but black dots were, were significant medical considerations. Arthur Jones was the guy they drafted who... Uh, who had that designation a few years back in, in, I think, 2010. All right. Got another trade. <laughs> Keeping me busy. Do you know the terms already? Okay. This uh, is the quarterback, right? Yeah. The Bears. Of course, of course the Bears are going to overpay for a quarterback. So my wife's a Bears fan, and we'll have to wait and see how this turns out for her. <laughs> <laughs> she, can be our, she can be the measurement stick here. Right, so if you hear screaming in the background, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so the bears. <laughs> heard that. All right, so heard it's the bears, and who was the pick before, or who are those pick from? Giants. It's the Giants. Okay. So, based on that, it would be the 50th. What do they got? There were a lot of picks up there. It was 2022 picks. 52? That's my guess. Oh! Dan's amazing at getting it right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fifth. First and fourth, huh? So those are just my guesses about the approximate value. Again, um, you, know, you know, I've got it's a look ahead a year, so uh, adjusted by 32. So we've got the 20th pick, 
the 164th pick, which were this year's. Uh, then we've got the um, first pick next year. So that's the 20th plus the 32 adjustment is 52. And then we've got the fifth. Um, we've got the fifth round, which was 164. 196. Plus 32. So 196. So 101. So pretty spot on again by um by JJ. So yeah. did did you did we get the is that the official on it? Or or is that what you projected that's, that's, to be? No, that's the official. Okay. I just saw that on TV that it's the uh Okay, so let's, let's make sure people understand what you did. And, I, and let's do this. If I can parrot that back, what you just said. So number 11 got traded by the Giants. The Bears trade number 20 this year. They trade their first round pick next year, which is in that pick three. And that's, you don't know where it'll be, but you're assuming it'll be 32 picks lower than this year's pick. And you're putting it at 52. This year's fifth is known. That's when we're 164. Next year's fifth is not known. You're putting that in at 196 just because it's 32 more. Yeah, so you assume that they're in the same spot of the round next mm-hmm. year. So for the first round next year, assume they'll be in the 20th spot again. Um, and then the adjustment for one-year deferral is 32 picks. So um, so that's where, where it comes in. Imagine if this is not a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago would be burning tonight. <laughs> well also we we should note here that dave gettleman has now finally traded back in the draft after after that's the true existing point. he would never trade back <laughs> was that dj that said what like nascar right turn or something like that? <laughs> yeah yes that's that's what he said <laughs> that's funny the guy who i like it some excitement Somebody's yeah. tipping picks here. Don't try not to tip picks in the in the YouTube thing. Uh, nobody's nobody's actually said it here, but uh... <laughs> we appreciate it, Jimmy. Thanks for staying with us here. This is Thank fun. You, I, I, I love talking football with you guys. Every one of you appreciate having on, you on the show when you're on, and the the time we have talking football is just some of the best times of my life. It's going to be Micah Parsons, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or Lacker Jr. Not really, but. Uh... They need some hope, this they franchise. Had some, they had some big trades for inside linebackers in past years. Justin Fields. Yep. Justin Fields it is from Ohio State. All right. Oh, I, I actually like that. Good for him and good for them. I mean, they, yeah. they need some excitement in their offense. And uh, really some hope for the future in that team. It's just been so blah for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dan, you look at this trade and say they harvested really more than full value because if they got the full JJ value, then they got picks in 2022. You can make the argument with the non-opt-outs and the you know the, the all the conferences playing against those 2022 picks, also with a cap adjusting northwards, might be of greater value. Do you think that that – how would you evaluate that just in terms of, of what you how – how would you do it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think that's reasonable. I think it's a lot to give up two firsts. Um, but at the same time, if you think he's the quarterback of the future, there's almost nothing you can't, you know, 
there's a the, the bar is much higher on what I'd be willing to give up for a quarterback than any other mm-hmm. position. So, you know, if you're anywhere close on the charts and you're getting a quarterback that you think is a long-term starter, I, I think that's a win. So, um, you know, I'm sure they're thinking they're going to be better than 20th next year in, in the first round. So that significantly brings it in your favor. So, um, so if they improve, they significantly win this uh, the strat trade. Okay, 1999 for Ravens fans. A lot of a lot of folks out there remember the Ravens were sitting on a second round pick. The Atlanta Falcons called and said, "We need that. We'll give you our first round pick next year in exchange for it." The Ravens traded it to them. The Falcons went in the tank that year, mm-hmm. finished with the fifth worst ball, but number five pick overall, went back to the Ravens in 2000 and became Jamal Lewis. So be careful when you trade for the, the, the player you think is going to get you over the top, particularly a quarterback, because you may suffer in that first year and be trading away more than you think you are, particularly in terms of that first round pick. It could look very bad for the Bears. Very good point. If it goes the other way and they, you know, our 10th, 10th pick. That's a huge change. <laughs> so, yeah. And who do we think they were trading in front of? I mean, I'm a little surprised that they pulled the trigger here at this spot because I don't think a quarterback was coming off the – unless they thought someone else was going to trade up. I don't think we had another quarterback coming off the board, at least for a few picks. Yeah, yes. that's a good point. Those are the things we don't know. And uh, just looking at it from a Ravens perspective, Chicago is on the schedule next year. I believe we play the the North. So when that schedule comes out, I'll, I want to see Chicago in September, October. <laughs> uh, if they have a rookie quarterback, let's play him early before he gets comfortable. So uh, some, look for Yeah, Before I even get a chance, the YouTubers are out there saying, hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> so, Sarah Ellison joining us on the show here. Uh, one of our favorite guests, of course, always on Film Study. Really appreciate having you here, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's good. I've heard a lot of these guys on the show with you, but I've never gotten a chance to converse and talk with them. So this will be fun. All right. All of them. Lots of fun as we've, as we've talked about before. So Sarah, we, we haven't gotten your opinion about what's going on here in this first round. Lots of drama tonight. Uh, you know, obviously lots of Ravens centric things happening as we go along. I don't think there's been any surprise that particularly helps the Ravens so far, but uh, what are your thoughts about this going into tonight? Um, I'm mostly looking at um, Atlanta and the Bengals so far having a major pick on the Ravens. I think I bring up the Falcons only because of the, you know, rumblings that the Ravens have inquired about uh, Julio Jones, which, by the way, the Ravens keep saying they're not interested (laughs) in the wide receiver, but reports keep coming. I mean, it's a long list of veteran wide receivers that they've at least inquired about. So I'm wondering with this pick of Pitts, does that make this more likely or less likely to trade Julio? Or no effect at all? I think that's a great question. Yeah. Go ahead, Gabe. No, I was going to say, like, I hadn't really considered it from that angle before, but I think less likely because I think they're in it for one more season, maybe two more seasons with their core with Ridley, with Jones, with Pitts, with Ryan, you think you have a shot to maybe make some noise. Um, I, I, I mean, you can do some similar things with Pitts that you do with, with Jones in terms of just having an offensive weapon, but having all three of them on the field at once, that's really dangerous. Now I'm going to jump in and, and side with Jimmy Dean right there with no effect, just because I think they're trading Julio strictly for a cap, for cap purposes. So 
Um, I don't think it had anything to do directly with, um, or pick and pits will have anything directly to do with what they do with Jones. They're in a really okay, but, bad cap spot. Yeah. And you make that point is, is that the, the cap spot could be really what's dictating everything here. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know what it means, but, but Atlanta's not in a good position for a quick rebuild the way they're structured. You never are, I guess, when you're, when you're, you're in close proximity to letting your franchise quarterback go. Yeah. I, I cut out for a minute there, but I, I also thought it might be less likely, which I read a lot of articles out in Atlanta to get their beat writers perspectives. And they're very incredulous that, that Atlanta will trade them. Um, so I think it's less like I, the, what I was waiting to see is if they might pick a quarterback of the future. And I know they still have Matt Ryan on a hefty cap deal, but you're when, you know, if you're, if they're like the Ravens and they're not, but it's not often that you can get to number four. And so if they wanted to, you know, get a guy and then have him develop, then I thought maybe, maybe that signal a, a rebuild and then maybe Julio would want to get out. But to me, it's now, now they have an even more potent offense. And uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they have to create room somehow, but I felt like it was less likely. Ryan um, is signed for three more years and the yep. total cap number for those three years is approximately 118, $119 million. 26.9, 48.7 and 43.6. Of that, he's still got 64 million, 65 million in prorated bonus to be paid in that period. That money's already been spent. They can't, I, they can't I've that. been reliably told by Twitter that cap is cap this week, meaning the cap is a lie, which <laughs> if that were true, Julio wouldn't even be available in the first place. I mean, they've definitely not managed their cap, their cap extremely well, obviously <laughs> the COVID COVID hurt and everything, but he's, he's potentially available because the cap is real. Um, you can only do that for so long. And I like seeing Dan's head nod because he knows about money and, <laughs> and value and all right. that. So, yeah. But then the second thing. Oh, I was just going to say they're going to run a lot more two tight end heavy sets now with Pitts and Hurst. I mean, as long as, you know, that's the direction they want to go. There's there's cap value between those two guys from that sense. If Arthur Smith's the perfect guy to put Matt Ryan into a play action system and suck every dollar of value out of that contract of him, even as he ages. Mm-hmm. Here's what's funny. Hayden Hurst wanted to trade out of Baltimore because he wanted to be the guy. He was competing against Mark Andrews, and now he's got Kyle Pitts. So come on back, Hayden. We're not giving back a second, though. Maybe maybe a fourth, and he can come on back. Yeah, that'd be exciting. We, I, I'm sure the Ravens would like to have him back at a, at a reduced cost. So Micah Parsons goes number 12 to Dallas. Uh you know, the linebacker position, this is a another year where I think, you know, not necessarily devalued isn't the word I use, but we had the two Devons a couple of years ago, got got both drafted, I think, at number five and number 10 by Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh, uh, Devin White, Devin Bush. Uh, I, I think we're still seeing pretty good value at inside linebacker here, and Micah Parsons certainly uh, to Dallas. This is, this is, they felt very confident they'd still get their guy, I guess, by trading back to Excellent blitzer too, Parsons. So if you're you're talking about, well, hey, uh, you know, the linebackers are only affecting the first level, maybe the second level. He affects what I call the the neg- or the zero level, which is in the backfield. He, uh-huh. he he can get there. Dynamic blitzer. They just put on the on the screen can cover tight ends and running backs. 
versatile. I believe I agree with all that. Very good player. Let's bring up your big board for a second. See who's left in terms of of that. So Michael Parsons, you had he was one of the uh, first rounders, right? Or was he, he yes. in the green? He was in the blue. He was right there uh, between Phillips and Vera Tucker. So okay. um, not sure what happened to my numbers there in the first column, but uh, to give you a number of it. But uh, but yeah, uh, Parsons would have been in that eighteen right where right where it said eighteen uh, mm-hmm. next to it. So uh, not a lot of surprises. I'm I'm waiting for somebody in the purple to get picked. Uh, a Melanfonwu, a Stokes, uh, uh, a Nusai, uh, an ATN, uh, Creed Humphrey. Waiting for somebody to go. That uh, I'd like to see that board a little more messy than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Cowboys get great value there too, considering that's probably the guy they were going to take a ten, and they pick up yeah. that third in the process too. That's that's nice for them. And who'd they get it from again? The division <laughs> rival. I think it's good for hey. the Ravens, though, to, to see a linebacker, off the ball linebacker, go this early. I mean, I think he was yes. expected to go, um, but he's he's someone that you know is is not one of the premium positions that the Ravens want. And like like we've said with running back, like we said with quarterback, I think every off the ball linebacker we see go is good for the Ravens. Yeah, we did not even do a linebacker show this year for that exact reason. Linebacker and quarterback were the two positions we left out. Sarah, you had something to say. Well, I was on that big board. I was looking at my paper. Did you only have Darisaw left as an any any year? No, you got Slater I, there too. Okay. Yeah, I have Darisaw and Slater. I'm a little bit nervous. We we could have a run on on tackles. I am slightly, but not well. I shouldn't say I'm surprised. Bengals took Jamar Chase, which they've now got Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. So that's Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and all those guys are going to have their hands full. That said, who the heck is blocking for Burrow? (laughs) So I'm a little bit – I don't know. Maybe I'm just too indoctrinated from the Ravens, but to me I feel like – Grabbing the tackle there, Penny Soul would have been the smarter move. Um, well, you need a running game too to support Burrow. Not just not just pass blocking, but a running game would help him too. You know, they they. Right. I don't. I didn't get it either. I'm I'm right there with you, Sarah. Is, did Joe yeah. make some leave already, or is he is he still with them for another year at least? He's still there. Okay. The only yeah, but that's. I'm sorry, Sarah. The only defense I had for them is the connection between Burrow and Chase that they already yeah. have. But but I agree overall. They. They need a line, and they don't have a defense either. So, I mean, if we can have Patrick Queen going out there and, and sacking him again and then forcing him a fumble because <laughs> he can't get the ball out. But but Ravens fans, this is what makes Ravens fans mad, though, because you've got in Cincinnati Chase Higgins Boyd. In Pittsburgh, you've got Juju Smith, Clay Claypool, and Johnson. And then in, in the Browns, you've got OBJ, Landry, and Higgins. And at the Ravens, you've got Hollywood, Miles Boykin, and now Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a complete version. I mean, it's what we, it's a cliche. The, the Ravens are zigging while everybody's zagging, but that <laughs> is why the Ravens invest in cornerbacks and, yeah. and they're all in on the run first. So, but well, it, well, it, it, it does, it makes Ravens fans jealous to see those lineups in the AFC North. Let, let's talk about one second for the Chargers pick here. Cause the picks in, and this is one of the big ones that affects the Ravens. I think it's, it goes without saying, cause this might be an offensive tackle. Darisaw is a, is a player who's been mapped to them fairly frequently. Wouldn't shock me if it were Slater. Um, but, but 
I I think a lot of a lot of people think that the Chargers will take an offensive tackle. If this is a surprise, this would really help the Ravens. If this is some other player, uh, whoever that might be, I think it's a positive for the Ravens. Anybody else have feelings about it? I do. I, I think that the next two picks, actually, the Chargers and the Vikings, were both were are both going to go with tackle. I mean, they were both in uh, supposedly for Orlando Brown. So the need is there for the team or the want to supposedly is there for the team. So a surprise here would be great, would be absolutely great. But I think the next two picks, we're going to see Darisol and Slater go. Okay, I agree. Uh, we will see at 14, I guess, because I think Darisol will be the guy at 13 here. But we'll see at 14, I guess, whether or not there are other misgivings about Slater that may have him drop further. Uh, it, it's, it, it would be a very big reach for the Vikings to take somebody like Leatherwood at this point. Uh, but, uh, they could trade down and make that pick if they were going to do it. We might see the pick traded. And AVT is completely out of the discussion for tackle position, right? In, in my opinion, yes, he's a guard, right? Do you, you feel differently about it? Anybody? I, I think he's a guard too, but since we mentioned him, how do we feel about him as the Ravens' first pick? Like, do you? I think he would be an outstanding guard, and and in the twenties, that's not bad value necessarily. He's he's a good interior lineman, so I don't have a problem with that. But I think I go back to the fact that I think the Ravens need a tackle who they can depend upon to play tackle. I was very high on Darisol in our interior line uh, show, and I believe he's a, a left guard all day. With move, uh, you can move Bozeman to center. The pulls, the second level stuff, his feet are very good. And I do think he could survive at tackle if Stanley missed a game or two, as we've seen in the past. Um, especially, like I said before, they must rush Lamar a lot. So you have uh, Vera Tucker's very good with his hands, very good with his timing, very good with his feet. You don't need too, too much sometimes uh, against certain schemes that the Ravens face. So I, I love Vera Tucker. I think that that the a lot of times what's required in terms of um, uh, athleticism out of your left guard is very overrated. I think in particular the keys are having players with good footwork and having the guy who can open the front gate at right guard effectively. Uh, the scheme in in general uh, helps a lot, but you 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 really can make do with less athleticism and more power at left guard than people would normally say. Hmm, okay. I just saw Bozeman pull 18 times in one game, and I'm thinking. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture, and when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Thinking, yeah, man, we really need somebody that can move at left guard. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, here's the point. I mean, I, do you really consider to be Bozeman to be an elite athlete? Because I don't. That, that was a that was a big strike against him coming out of school. Was he didn't have the athleticism to get to level two? And I, I thought, man, he's just playing left guard. It's not that hard to pull in the Ravens system. I, I that's just my feeling about it. He's become excellent. He's technically very good at it. I just don't think there's anything special about him as an athlete that that makes him outstanding at that. No, it's good. It's that's a good discussion. I mean, he's very under control too when he mm-hmm. gets there. A lot of these guys are flying out and they can't make the last second adjustments and Bozeman. I mean, you got to give them all the credit on the world in the world, because like you said, athleticism was his main knock coming out. He had the experience. He was playing for a great team. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing we're not talking about is if there is a run on tackles and the Ravens decide that they don't want to move up to, to, to get in on that for whatever reason, I think that a run on tackles will create a, 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 a drift back in terms of edge which is a, a still a big need for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I want to see them go offensive line, but if one of these edge guys that they really like can fall, they don't have to move up to take him like Woody pay or whoever you like, you know, I, I think a lot of different people have a lot of different preferences, but that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be all bad. Yeah. Mildly surprising. Rashawn Slater is the guy out of Northwestern. Um, a guy that certainly one of the top uh, pedigrees in this draft to tackle one of the top evaluated players, but uh, a little bit surprising it's not Darisol over him. Darisol had some of those health questions late, though, um, from what I was reading, at least. And, you know, I don't I don't know enough about his profile personally, but that seemed to be the thing that was was in discussion about why he had a chance to fall into the range of the Ravens to move up for him. I did see that question, and I actually saw, I believe it was uh, Zerline, Lance Zerline, question his effort. Uh, backside backside blocking and that kind of thing where if he wasn't directly involved where it's just he's blocking for a second and that's pretty much it. But, uh, I mean, I love him. I think he's a very fluid athlete and he looks like a natural left tackle to me, which is something that's very rare. So, yeah, and, and Darisol doesn't have the arm length concerns that Slater has. And, and you know, I, th- I think, Ken, you mentioned that you think Slater might end up playing inside. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't I don't think that the Chargers are thinking that when they're picking him at, at 13. But you know, we've seen guards go that early before, so may- maybe. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're thinking that at all. I think they're just thinking he's going to stick. And, you know, the the two guys in this draft, Sewell and, and Slater, are the kind of guys who are unicorns who would beat the odds and, and be able to play there with shorter arms. So. So, so at this next, that the, oh, go ahead. Go saying ahead. that I was reading that the Vikings, one of their top needs is interior line. So I guess we're hoping they go AVT instead mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, instead of tackle. We'll see. I don't think AVT is going to get past the Raiders. If, if they're, if he's still on the board anyway, it's interesting because we have some of these guys that feel like, what we really need is the, who's going to be this wild card team to come in and take a guy that isn't, you know, Jason's got a great board that isn't already kind of queued up to be kind of one of those top guys. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, Ra- the Raiders yeah. are one of the teams you could usually count on for that with Cleveland Farrell <laughs> and Arnett. Hey, hey, Ken, I'll make a prediction for you. How about uh, if the Raiders go a wall, it's going to be for Stokes. The corner runs for two. Okay. Seven. That'd be exciting. <laughs> yeah. Always speed with the Raiders. Georgia, Georgia player four two nine. I want to I want to say he mm-hmm. ran, and um, I think he's six foot two, so he, he's he's in that overall athlete. 
You're six foot also, right? Or not six foot two, right? Thank you, Ken. Thank okay. you, Ken. <laughs> that's, that's, I Sarah thought he was Hughes. a math guy, but I guess he's a he's an English teacher too. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I want to be careful about that. I just, just so people don't get the wrong idea out there. No, thanks, Ken. I appreciate that. It's just messing with you as well. Right. He's six foot as well. <laughs> it's that school of journalism at Maryland, right? Right, Jordan. <laughs> There's still a lot of interesting guys that could fall to the Ravens, though. You know, the tackle thing. I am a little worried about tackle at the moment, and I think that I think that there's a chance that it's that the Ravens aren't going to get a tackle with one of these picks, um, just because there is going to be a run on it. But I think you know, if you're if you're one of those guys out there that likes like Mo Rig, for example, you know, I think that if the run on tackle happens, he could be a guy that slides down, um, and maybe one of the edge guys too. So if they don't get one of these top tackles, what do you think the game plan is for this year? You think, you know, a placeholder for a year with a veteran or a Tyree, or do you think there are enough decent options? You know, I've, I've seen some names thrown around in the third or fourth round. I think they have developmental guys who I think would make sense, whether that means, you know, maybe getting Spencer Brown, although he may, he may be already gone, but Forsyth is out there. You know, they have Doyle, they have some other guys who who would make sense later on in the draft who the Ravens are going to have a better idea of who they, who fits their, uh, their system and has the the tools they want. But they, they can afford to, if they get Villanueva and we don't have a long absence of Stanley, they can wait one year. And that's a really great developmental buffer to have if they, if they put themselves in that position. Right, they've got another that, trade. Oh, really? Nice. So they've got to do something at left guard though, for sure. At the top end, I think if they don't, mm-hmm. don't get one of these top tackle types too. So, you know, there are multiple directions they'll have to go in if they don't to answer your question, Dan, I think. So the Jets trade up and immediately get the pick in. That's right. interesting. Huh. Oh, they, who did they take already? They already took a quarterback, right? They took Wilson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Joe Douglas second is going to blow all our minds. Quarterback. Uh, so they have Mackay back then there still, right? So they have yeah. a blind side protector. Interesting. What's the odds it's a running back? <laughs> <laughs> it goes to show you though that, that if Baltimore really wanted to tackle, you know, we talked a little bit about that chance to, you know, deal both those first to Minnesota to, you know, first for the first and second could have been in play. And the Ravens, you know, I assume they, if they were interested, would have made the call. So um, it'll be interesting to see the value. Um, but I think it maybe tells you a little bit of something about the Ravens' willingness to wait at this point. I saw one of the viewers ask, when do you start getting antsy? And that's, I think that's starting to happen for me right now. To be honest, I'm starting to feel, feel like, and, and what was the spot that we had? If, um, uh, what would we have to, or if we gave up a third round pick? Yeah. If you give uh, up number Dan, 94, you move up to 21, right? 21. Dan. So yeah, that's the spot I'm really looking at right now. So we creep into it, but yeah, what are the jets doing? What that's a, uh, that's a mystery right now. What are the Jets doing? What are the Jets doing? Joe Douglas. To me, it has to be an edge guy. They, they want to get so. the, their, their top edge. Maybe it's uh, Phillips. You know, maybe it's um, a Julari. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? I think mm-hmm. I think everybody has a different board when it comes to the, these uh, edge guys, defensive end prospects. Um, maybe Quiddy Pay. 
Um, but I, I think that might be what they're looking at here. It feels like it's got. I mean, if if that's it's got to be Phillips or or Pay if if that's they're moving up this far for that pick. It feels like the edges have been out there longer than any draft I can remember. Yep. I mean, usually one goes in the top five, six, seven. But if Joe Douglas comes from the Ravens kind of school, the Ravens have not invested a lot of first-round draft picks on edge since – Jarrell Suggs. Suggs. yeah. Last one. So, and, and that may not have anything to do with how they value them, you know. And and in this draft, if the Ravens were in, you know, a different position, they might do otherwise. But um, it doesn't seem like they've – you know, Suggs might have – allow them not to have to put the same kind of value on it too. So I got the trade, uh, trade information in, uh, the Vikings, the Vikings traded the 14th pick as well as the 143rd pick or to the jets for the 23rd pick, the 66th pick and the 86th pick. Hmm. Um, they paid, uh, so the Vikings paid 96 cents on the dollar, so just a little bit better. Um, pretty spot on, though, and uh, you know, pretty marginal difference when it comes down to it. Uh, you know, 45 points. So, I love that value for them. <laughs> I love but, that. I love that value for the Jets. Really? Getting 23, 66, and 86. No, yeah. the Jets gave up that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love the. I love what the Vikings got. Yeah, I, I think so. we're in yep. agreement that. <laughs> Yep, that Vikings. looks like a DaCosta trade right there. Pick up yeah. 46, and also you get later, so the flatter valuations favor you. It's just, I, I that's that's just that's a that's a great haul of picks for 14 and 143. Man, who who do they like that much? And especially with the Patriots picking next, I mean, uh, mm, that surprises me. We're all captivated to see who the pick's going to be. Here. I know, right? <laughs> I also wonder if this leads ABC. to. I wonder if the Patriots are going to trade back out of this next spot too, or be looking to potentially. They could take a quarterback too. AVT is the pick out of USC, so uh, hmm. uh, you know, outstanding guard, certainly the the best interior lineman in this draft. Uh, tell us about it, Jason. Well, I love Elijah Vera Tucker. I think that he could play four spots on the line. Not sure if he snapped the ball at all. Four spots on the line. Great feet. Great adjustment when he does get crossed up. Uh, great at picking up blitzes, stunts. There's really not a lot of negatives on him. I, the only one is the arm length uh, where he couldn't maybe couldn't stick at tackle and maybe some of the reach blocks that you talk about again at right guard might be a problem mm -hmm. for him. But he, he has the also the body control when he's not when he's not square where he can just hold the block, uh, tremendous core strength, it, it seems like, where he's not top-heavy and can recover quickly. But uh, I, I'd say a complete player, very complete player. Um, surprised that he went before Darisol because Darisol is a, a pure tackle. But, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I can't complain about that. I'm surprised they traded up for a guard, though. I mean, that's – I'm sure the people in New York are going to be uh, talking about that on the talk shows. It's kind of too bad this draft isn't in New York like it always used to be when the Jets fans would be going <laughs> insane. This is a good one. 
That's a lot of value to give up for a guard. Yeah. Right. One thing I want to point out is that the Vikings over the last 10 years have uh, the most tradebacks um, out of any team. So they mm-hmm. have um, they have 28 tradebacks, and the next highest is the Patriots for 24. So that's uh, that's that's pretty impressive. Where it is impressive. Tradebacks, so you have to yeah. offset that, of course, with trading to get Kari Vedvik from the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> how many? Do you have the number of how many times the Ravens have traded back, Handy Dan? Yeah, ten. Just ten. You know, people talk about the Ravens trading back like it's a given. Every year we head into draft season, they're like, "Oh, the Ravens are gonna they're gonna trade out of the first. They're gonna the Ravens are gonna trade back. The Ravens are gonna trade back." I, I'm I'm surprised to hear it's that few. Well, one of one of the reasons that can fuel more trading back is having more draft capital because the higher your pick is in the first round, the more times you can trade back on that single pick. The the Miami Dolphins or the Jets or the Jacksonville who's sitting on you know three to five thousand worth of draft capital where the Ravens have 1,600 this year, are in a much better position to pick up later picks if that's the route they choose to go. Yeah, and just to point out, 10 is a pretty decently high number. Uh, you know, that's the 12th highest. So okay. it's still in the top half, uh, almost top third. Um, you know, across 10, that's one one a year pretty much. But it's just insane how many times the Vikings have done it. So that's uh, pretty wild. New England's pick is at the podium right now. Belichick getting the process speeded up here a little bit. I think QB, maybe? I don't think QB. Come on. I think QB. After this, I got a question for you guys for the Ravens. Yeah, this is one of the one of the picks you get really worried about, isn't it? It is. Right here. But an unathletic quarterback for the Patriots running that system, I'm just hoping. Hopefully. Also eliminating them if they take a quarterback from wanting to trade for Aaron Rodgers too. Oh mercy! <laughs> Mac Jones of Alabama is the go. is the selection. There we go. Thank you, thank you, football gods. Well, although, you know, although, watch, he's going to be a problem for us. But uh... <laughs> a lot of people were talking about how they would trade up for for in order to get him. So that's a pretty good steal for them. You know, to get their yeah. quarterback at fifteen, that's yeah. pretty pretty legit. So, but I think so I, they got a ways to go. So, so I got the uh, the numbers back on my board there. Um, the first ten guys that I have listed are gone. Darisaw's out there at number eleven. I have Phillips at fourteen, and then from there, um, it's, it's been pretty straight up draft. Now, the one guy that I'd actually like to get your opinions on is Terrace Marshall, who I have higher. He's I have a feeling he's going to be out there. Um, he's going to be by himself on that board. But I just see him as the perfect inside-outside fit for Lamar Jackson. And uh, I love the fact that he produced with an all-star team around him. And I love the fact that he the next year he produced with not very, very little around him. So uh, Terrace Marshall is my guy. I'm, I'm wondering why I'm out there by myself. I saw a heat map of his routes um, at LSU, and it looked very 
optimal for what the Ravens like to do and how Lamar likes to throw over the middle of the field, the routes he ran and kind of where he was going seemed like it could be a fit. So, you know, but if the Ravens like him as much as you do and everyone else doesn't, would they trade back for him anyway? Yeah, it's a great question. He's my, I think he's my fifth favorite wide receiver. I, I mean, let's not talk about the top three. I have, um, Bateman, and then and then Marshall. I think I think Marshall has a size that you really like. I mean, he's basically the same size and athleticism as Miles Boykin, like the same like kind of like athletic profile. I think he is a lot more kind of jump ball, contested catch above the rim that than than Boykin has. So I think he really fits what Ravens need at a wide receiver, and, and that's why I'm I'm pretty high on him too. I I would say, you know, if you can if you can get him at 27, if he's if he's there, I wouldn't trade up for him, but I'd I'll definitely consider it if he if he's the top wide receiver there at that point. Yeah, would you would you if he's still at twenty seven, would you take the risk and get the get the edge you need or get the tackle you maybe need at twenty seven? Would you even reach for a tackle before yeah. you drafted um Marshall at twenty seven, even if you thought he was spot on for value there? It would depend on what the board looks like. I think if Jenkins is there, I, I would go tackle first and then hope that I can get Marshall at, at 31. Um, but that, I mean, I don't know if Derisaw would fall that far. He Possibly he will. He might be one of those you know, draft day followers that, that happens and, and the Ravens can scoop him up too. Um, but I, I would, pro- if there's a top tackle, I would take him first. But then I, I think... I think Marshall is a, is a good is a good target to uh, to take at thirty one. Then I I want to say one more thing about Darius medical here, and I, I've forgotten the exact nature of the thing, but if this fits into the Ravens' ability to wait a year, Darius is is just a fine tackle prospect. Period. And if the Ravens can afford to wait a year with having Alejandro Villanueva spot fill the spot for a year, great. You know, then then you can you can take a tackle at twenty seven, and you get one less year on his rookie deal. That's true, but but you get a quality tackle at that point, I think it'd be great. I I think we would be happy if we see continued concern with his medical. Yeah, and what about if it's Phillips or or Darisol? You know, you got two guys with, with injury concerns yeah. that are, you know, I think that's possible in the sense that in this draft, without teams being able to come in and do the same medical evaluations, do you see some guys the Ravens wouldn't usually consider for injury reasons put on the map potentially in a different way. Yeah, certainly, certainly possible. It was one of the things I noticed about the big board that Jason had was that his two medicals were up near the top now. So uh, it's, it's not out of the question. And Phillips, I think is in terms of being a pure pass rusher, I really like him the most of them in this, in this draft. I mean, he's the guy who has a absolutely top shelf head fake with a half step. He'll take to the outside. You just don't see it. Um, really anywhere uh it, it creates a problem because it's polish and obviously polish is 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 value that's already been realized at the college level but uh like that move so much that uh that, that i to put him at the top of my pass rushers the problem is of course multiple concussions already and how serious is that problem for somebody in the nfl i think if it was four years ago no one would have touched him you know with the with the way people felt about concussions did you see his swim move too, Ken, to get in the passing lane? Within, he's like this. He's in the passing lane. So the ball out quick. Jalen Phillips is your guy to get a hand up. It's yeah, like great, one jet, uh, swim and he's he's gone. Yeah, great great use of length to go with that. You're right. And that's uh, 
you know, it's it's a you don't see it in every every edge rusher and all these guys who are trying to get by with the bull rush move or even the the ones who have a good cross chop to the outside. I don't think it's quite as devastating as the combination of using length, like you're saying, and and uh, and being able to just head fake a, a tackle right out of his pants. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I have pay a little lower than others is because it's a lot of side to side with him. His mm-hmm. explosiveness is there, but I mean, in today's quick passing game, I, I like Phillips's style a lot better. His style of rush, and the Cardinals could definitely go edge or tackle here, so mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting to see. Picks in. Okay, I see it on my TV. Uh, <laughs> they, they've already taken Zayvon Collins. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, All right. I'd say the first of these kind of semi surprises. He's a little early. Probably was going to go before the Ravens at 27, but not definitely. So that's a first edge. That's it. Well, I don't know if you call him an edge. I might call him an inside linebacker, but I did have him on my edge list. The thing I find most interesting about this is they took Isaiah Simmons last year. Mm -hmm. So now you have two, you have two hybrid players uh, on the same defense. You can move around anywhere, but they didn't get the most out of Simmons um, going by his grades last year. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just I was just going to respond to that. We've seen a lot of inside linebackers have a lousy first year in the NFL. Both of the two Devons, well, Devin Bush was still pretty good, but he was below where a lot of people expected to be. Devin White was really bad in his first year and came on to be great now. So, you know, that's not a that hasn't been an issue. We hope the same thing happens with Patrick Queen because he certainly didn't have a, a particularly good rookie year. Uh, so, so we're hoping for that kind of growth, but I, I think you're right that having two inside linebackers like that, it's good in some sense. It's bad. in another is that they're going to pay blue chip money for those two players where they should be playing a safety to play that spot on passing downs. I find that very interesting to have two players that don't have a true position. Well, well two players you can move around, but where, where is Simmons best? I don't think we found out last year. Mm-hmm. Zaven Collins seems more like a traditional uh, three-down linebacker that you could have. I, I like to more, uh, you know, playing some edge for the Ravens. So maybe that allows Simmons to move around. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I, I think, think he's Collins, like the Reddick replacement. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was gonna say he, he's replacing Reddick for them. I think like yeah. kind of the guy okay. who can do a little bit of, of rushing off the edge, like Sam kind of player. He can drop into coverage. He can he can play off the ball. He can he can line up as a blitzer. You know, I think he can do a lot of things. Um, but, you know, he's a little different, like, physical kind of profile. He's a lot bigger. Um, and maybe that's why they like him. So they can pair someone with that size next to someone like Simmons, who's a little more rangy, a little more uh, slimmer in size. They do like those kind of hybrid-y players. That, that seems to be what Arizona is gunning for in their defensive selections. Sarah, we haven't heard from you in a while. How, how's this first round playing out for you? <laughs> Sorry about that. We are having uh, internet connection issues. I'm shocked. This is one of the few computers in the home that's still working correctly. So I'm trying not to jinx it. But uh, I lost my whole setup here. I had everything set up with the board and everything. So I was just catching back up. I was trying to fix it. But um, coming back in, I feel like I'm going to jinx it, aren't I? I feel like it's falling in a pretty good way <laughs> for the Ravens. You've got <laughs> five quarterbacks there. That's good. We got them gone. So that those have all been used up. Um, you know, Zaven the Raven would have been great, but I'm still good with him <laughs> being gone. So I'm just, yeah, I feel like the trade up for, uh, you guys may have mentioned this Elijah Vera Tucker that, you know, to me, he projects inside. I'm looking for a tackle. 
So anyway, I'm trying not to jinx it, but so far it's looking, I feel like the Ravens are going to have a pick of a lot of good guys and, and it's only setting up for maybe wanting to trade back with that 31. So we're coming up on a minute on one of the picks that traditionally has been a, been a wild card from the, from the Oakland Raiders or from the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the pick is in, so that's good. They didn't trade it. That's, that's gives them a chance to still fumble the football here. But I tell you who I want to see come off the board is one of the two running backs as soon as possible. Uh, you know, if the Steelers are really going to draft Najee at 24, then, you know, we got to get Travis Etienne off, off the board as well. Yeah, but the, the Raiders aren't going to take another running back, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Let me set up the reverse jinx the other way around that. Yes, that's the way to do it. There you go. <laughs> Remember, my wild card here is Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes, a second rounder everywhere, but he's got plenty of speed. So that would be my wild card for the Raiders here. That would be a Mayock pick if ever there was one. And by the way, Stokes apparently is 6'1", listed at his height. I was looking it up after we had the discussion earlier. So almost 6'2", almost. I bet it's J-O-K. That's my guess. Any any non-edge, uh, non-tackle, I think here is is positive for the Ravens because mm-hmm. it takes. That's another what I'm team. nervous about. I'm thinking yeah. that they might want to tackle. So then they probably won't do that because they're. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How about Trevon Merrig here? What would you think about that? I, I think that could be has the best fit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's. I, he was definitely mocked to the Raiders earlier. This pick may be out there already, by the way. We may already been saying things that are, that are happening. But uh, uh, Who's the best leader in the draft? Because they're big on leadership there with the Cleveland Farrell and all that stuff. <laughs> maybe a Landon Dickerson or something? He, you know, he's a lot of first. They like maybe. players who played in the championship games. So maybe. And they could grab another guy out of last chance you and see how that works out again. <laughs> a, the guy didn't didn't want to show up the first day of practice when they were on hard knocks and he was cut right away. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's interesting. I think Kuiper had um had the the uh Jets trading up for uh Vera Tucker in his mock. Ooh. Uh oh! Wow, that's a major that's your guy, isn't it, Alex kid? Leatherwood. Yes, that's that's bad. That's really bad. This this could start the run on Tackers because it's a it's a major stretch, uh, from probably top of the second round, end of the first round, to go and pick numbers. What that'll do to the tackle market the rest of the way down. But that's the Raiders going for for a little bit better arm length than than what's available uh, otherwise, and avoiding the Derisaw medicals. I mean, you say it's bad, but maybe it's it's good because that's someone who I thought wasn't going to go in the first round. I thought he was more of a round two kind of prospect. That's just my my personal grade on him, but that that might be a bit of a reach, and maybe that maybe that is something about Darisol that the medicals are showing up, and he's not someone whose teams are going to take on in the first round. But I, I, it can't be the worst thing in the world to to have someone I wasn't expecting go to go in front of the Ravens to go there. Okay, well, I, here's here's my thought about it, and and, and then you guys, uh, I want to hear what, what you guys have to say. But Leatherwood basically fit the necessary physical characteristics, and I didn't think they were going to have to go past 31 to get him. Uh, 
So right. I thought he was the good guy that you can take whatever position you want at 27. You can take Merrick, you can take an edge, you can even take a wide receiver if you want to do that. But but you you then have the ability to take Leatherwood at 31 or or maybe trade down. But Leatherwood is your is your is your floor on what you get at that point. So I really liked that. And now this makes me more unsure. I'd much rather have a, a, a position the Ravens didn't need, obviously, uh, ahead of a, a guy that might have slipped into the top of the second round otherwise. Ken, correct me if I'm wrong. When I listened to your um, your offensive tackle preview, didn't you have Leatherwood number two or something like that? Yeah, I had him high, and I'll bring it up here for a second. Let me get my list out. Yeah, I had Leatherwood number two on, on my list. You know, I had Derisaw down there at four on that set because I, I I felt things about the medical were not right. And I had other things like I had Slater number six because I think he really ends up at guard. And I think you want you want a, a tackle only kind of prospect for a Ravens only board. So I'm not saying that's bad pick for for the Vikings are the ones who end up getting Slater, right? Is that correct? Uh, Chargers, 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 Chargers. I'm not saying it's a bad pick for them because it's a, it's a, you know, they, they might be okay with them moving to guard, but I don't think the Ravens can be that way. So just, just one more thing about Leatherwood. So I kind of had the, I kind of picked him as a guard because he has the arm length, but I'm not sure he has the feet to play, mm-hmm. to play tackle really well. I, I don't see the quick feet, you know, the, the, sh- the slide that you want to see from an offensive tackle. Um, and, and I think he did play some guard uh, for Bama because of that. Um, I mean, they were loaded at offensive line. They could put anywhere, any anybody anywhere and, and probably still have the best offensive line in, fo- in college football. But um, that was my concern about Leatherwood. And, and, you know, he didn't have, he had longer arms. He had long enough arms. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't like, they were still under 34 inch though. So uh, to me, that's, that's, an, that's a little bit of a, of a stretch. Um, but, you know, I, I can see what you're saying as he's kind of the safe pick there that you can probably say it would be, an, a reliable option for you there at the end of the first. I think there are two things going on here that one, I think I see because I think I've heard 33 and seven eights for Leatherwood, but I have on my, on my chart of what I was going to say on the OT pod, I had 34 and three eights. You give me the thumbs up on that, Jason. I thought it was longer. I thought he was in the 34s. Yeah. So, but, but that, there have been some double stepping here with some of these tackles in terms of different arm lengths being reported. Tevin Jenkins being one of the big ones, by the way, guys that, that uh, his arm length was reported. And it was just done, I think, on Twitter at under 33 inches. And he comes in at 33 and a half this year at his pro day. Bring back the combine. I mean, yeah. we, we need it. To answer what you had to say, though, Gabe, um, I think you're right that I don't see the great feet. It's certainly not an elite mirror. I see more of a Richie, Ricky Wagner right tackle that gets you to the back pylon. And I actually think that's what the Ravens need. They need a guy who can make that easy block when they when they down block, move to level two to hit the scraping linebacker, and they need a guy who can just get you to the back pylon and give Lamar a chance to get out of that pocket and make some hay. Uh, we didn't have another pick. Yeah, we had, oh, sorry, guys. We had multiple picks in? Uh, no, I think just the Dolphins. Just the Dolphins. Okay, so J- Jalen Phillips goes off the board at number 18. That's staying, a bummer. Staying home. Staying home in uh, in Florida. If All you right, like so Tevin Ken, Jenkins, oh, I was just going to say, Ken. So we started talking earlier about you know the ninety fourth pick would dr- bring the twenty seventh up to the twenty first. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to look around that range. You know, the Giants are in the twentieth, so twenty first is still the Colts who might look offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. 
know, so you start thinking 20th pick, 22nd pick, you could skip a bunch of people that want tackles, right? You got the Colts, you got the Vikings. So, you know, I just start, start thinking about the Ravens potentially moving up. What's the extra change beyond number 94? What pick of the Ravens would, would create the extra value necessary to get from 21 to 20? 20 uh 126 so it'd be 94 and maybe 131 okay that's a lot to give up and, and there's uh, still two tackles on the board too so we have Darisol is still sitting there we don't know if he's on the ravens board because of medicals but theoretically there's there's two tackles you have Darisol and jenkins so that gives us a little bit of flexibility to be able to be patient and and wait There are too many guys that aren't necessarily tackle that I like on the board kind of in general right now for Mm -hmm. me to want to see the Ravens deal that much capital to move up. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're we're what? So we're at eight, nine picks away now. Is that right? Nine to go. Nine to go. So, you know, Morig's still there. If you like him, you've got the two tackles. You've got Bateman. You've got at least three edge guys you might like. An unusual pick. How about the edge players too? Ojalary and yeah. Rousseau still out there. Yeah. And, and Basham, who's my positional favorite. That's why he's got the star there. I just uh, Basham reminds me of uh, of a Pernell McPhee, who's a, a big edge that you can move on the inside. Just absolutely violent hands. He's very polished too. He's somebody I think could step into the rotation right away. So you're right, Jordan. There's a lot of great players on the board for us. Uh, stacked up here but that tackle is kind of like a the last five dollar bill holding a, a burning a hole in my pocket like I would, I would really like to have that taken care of wait i mean do the ravens need to start thinking developmental tackle at this point they're one of the teams that can afford to do so so does even spencer brown enter the equation at 31 I think I try to trade back and maybe get someone like Spencer Brown, and and who knows if that's an option. You know, we've seen a lot of teams trade back, but I don't know if that's something that's going to be available at the end of the first round. Generally, it's, that's like a good place to trade back because teams might want that fifth year option. But I think that would be where I'd be looking at if I if I can get that a little bit more value and take a player in the second round, um, and then you can still get a player you like 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 Brown and and not give the the first round pick for him. So we want to see guys like uh, Newsom, the, the other corners, you know, maybe Asante Samuel Jr. coming off early, you know, Farley. Just, yeah, Farley. Just thinking about some of these guys that will let the Ravens have a dearth of choices between edge, tackle and wide receiver when it gets to their pick. If you get the guy you really love out of that group at 27, Ken, then yeah, I, I mean, if you can't trade back at 31 for the guy you like, but there's a developmental tackle project that you really like and you ended up with a wide receiver or edge. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 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 non-stand the two non-standard positions, the one that's nobody's talking about the drafting is is safety, which I think people admit is is kind of a need. And if they had Merrick available, I don't mind that pick if that's what ends up. And Christian Barmore, there just aren't any de- good defensive linemen in this draft, or there's a very very small number. He's head and shoulders above the others. And if he were drafted at either 27 or 31, would go a long way towards addressing the age on that defensive line for the Ravens. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. 
It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.